Hello, this is the 3 for Thursday podcast from fmi.online and I'm your host, Chris Hewitt. Today's three is what are the top three trends in fintech? I'm joined by a friend of mine today, Anuj. Uh, first of all, Anuj, how are you today? I am very well, Chris. Excited to be here. Good, good. Um, Anuj, obviously, we are friends from our fitness boot camp, but we won't talk about that today. Um, what we're going to talk about is fintech. Before we do, do you want to tell our audience a bit about yourself, what you do? Sure. Uh, so I have, I'm a technology specialist. I have been primarily been working in financial services vertical for more than six years now. I've been part of multiple digital transformation programs and regulatory programs within these two big financial institutions. And I work for this agency called Publicis Sapien. It is one of the biggest agencies in the world. And we have a very big footprint in financial services industry in the UK and uh, across the globe as well. Because obviously, um, in the last 12 months, we've been in different time zones. You were back in India for, was it a year or so? Yeah, unfortunately, due to uh, COVID lockdowns, I had to travel back home and I was stuck there due to travel restrictions. But I was still working and been very much part of the entire ecosystem uh, throughout. Okay, so, so, so for you personally, work's continued as, as normal, whether you're in Indian time zone or UK, is that, is that the case? Yes, uh, uh, there's, the, there's a positive side of being in technology that uh, you do not need a lot of infrastructure. If you have the connection, you are good to go. And that's what uh, the case was for me as well. Okay, well, it's good to have you back in the UK. Um, hopefully, I'm going to rejoin the boot camp soon. I'm being a bit lazy. Um, but for now, we're going to talk a bit about fintech. This isn't my area. So I'm within financial training. I do this podcast, but I definitely am not knowledgeable. First of all, what is fintech and what is its significance for maybe the people who listen to our podcast, maybe people who are learning about finance? What is fintech to you? Uh, so fintech is a, a buzzword which has been thrown around since the start of the 21st century. It just means finance and technology, these two big industries which actually have been working in collaboration since the dawn of the time. And initially, the term was attributed to the technology which is employed at the back-end systems of these big financial institutions like HSBC, Citibank, Lloyds Bank of the world. And uh, now what has happened is recently, because of the progress in technology and the advent of smartphones and the laptops and what have you, it has uh, taken a different form. So what we are seeing currently are three major flavors of fintechs. First one is uh, the startups or disruptors. And what they try to do is they try to target a particular niche in the market and uh, which is not being solved by the big banks or big institutions. And then they try to solve those problems in an innovative way. The major challenge they face is the cost of customer acquisition. Uh, because they have, uh, they are uh, entering a market or carving out a new market with, uh, where they have to onboard new customers. The second uh, one would be these large financial institutions uh, like the global banks like HSBC, Citibank, and so on and so forth. What they, are, they are also considered as financial technology companies these days because they are trying to overhaul their technology stack to ward off the threat from these startups or disruptors and to improve their performance. 
the challenges they have is the because they are big organization the actual uh, friction to the shift is hard and actually making the operating models to deliver digital journeys at quick pace is much more difficult for them and then finally we have got the big tech companies like the apple and the amazon they have a very interesting space because they have got the access to all the user data they have got high customer engagement now what they are trying to do is they are trying to flood the market with payment products or other financial products to actually monetize all of this information they have okay that's interesting from our perspective in the the, the training industry most of our clients are the big asset managers the big banks um, and we see from their perspective the other two groups that you mentioned particularly the big tech companies they don't currently compete with the big banks but it would be interesting to see in the future if in the in the banking environment they do so in the next decades um but what i'd like to do Anand, is talk a bit about some specific trends you think are current now what are some of the key trends in fact let's go with your number one what's your your number one current fintech trend you like to talk about so uh we have been in this uh, transformation cycle for uh, at least a decade now so earlier how it used to be that their uh, fancy technology or the great user experience used to change the game it's not the case anymore good execution and solid business model is a fundamental to having real change and customer acquisition how it started was earlier if i rewind the clock a decade or two back these big banks used to have very clunky websites as you might be aware uh, mm-hmm. in in the case of large financial institutions as well it was a not a great user experience to engage with these uh, platforms that's when these young startups or disruptors started coming in with a very decent proposition on the basis of a great ui and ux they could uh, take away the customer uh, customers from the big banks that's not the case anymore because the big uh, institutions have up the ante as well and uh, then they technologies like ai and machine learning have been championed very prematurely in the entire financial space where the jury is still out on assessing what exactly they how what and how exactly they would be used for and then rather than continuously overhauling the entire industry there would be very specific small use cases where these kind of technologies be implemented so they at the end of the day if the big organizations or the small organizations having the good uh, user interface employing decent technologies but having a very fundamental uh, solid business model is the key to actually have good change and customer uh, satisfaction just a point around the user experience i agree that the bigger banks typically or historically didn't have the same nice slick user experience that some of the, the tech startups did do you think they've improved to the same level or do you think they've just improved in general the banks are what they are doing is they are putting a, a lot of investments in definitely improving the user experience uh, from the uh, having the similar kind of slick mobile application or the website having better feature sets as well the only problem is uh, with them is because the organizations are big the change is a bit slower that's when the digital transformation of the organization comes into picture and majority of the banks which i have been closely working with have been putting their weight on it and trying to overhaul the organization. Okay, that's a really interesting one uh, and one that I see from one perspective and I'm, I'm sure I listen to see from from another. 
Um, what would be your second trend within fintech? So second one uh, actually relates to the conversation which we are just having. These large institutions are adapting faster than we would have assumed them to be. So initially when this actual transformation started happening, they were uh, quite slow to adopt these new technologies and they did not want to disrupt their legacy setup. So what they started doing was they started digitizing their non-core businesses or geographies to eliminate the risk factor out of it. Now, we are after a decade of those activities being performed, that digital transformation happening, we are in a place where they can actually provide a tailored financial products and features. For example, in the application, you can directly block your credit card or order a new one. Earlier, it used to be a, a long drawn process where you have to raise a customer request and so on and so forth. And what we are seeing uh, apart from all of this is there are a lot of partnerships which are taking place where uh, smaller startups are getting acquired by these large institutions or they are getting into a partnerships or these large institutions are having accelerators. What it does is it gives the smaller startups the speed of the execution and flexibility and it gives them the large loyal customer base of the institutions. And in return, the large large financial institutions have the capability of uh, nimbleness of a young startup. So they can also do their changes very quickly and in evolve their organizational culture on the basis of the startup. So you mentioned the benefit from the startup's perspective and the big institution. Do you think both parties are kind of looking for that? In, in this climate? Do you think the, the, the small tech startup is looking to be either bought out or partnered with a big bank and vice versa, or, or, or what, do you, what do you think? Absolutely. Uh, so for small smaller startups, the major challenges come in uh, regulatory competencies because every region has uh, very intricate regulations. Uh, so when they uh, collaborate with a big bank, they get the risk uh, analysis, uh, and the regulatory uh, legal comp competencies of that bank to move forward with their product offerings. Okay, really interesting one. Okay, so we've looked at two of the current trends within FinTech. What would be your third and final trend, Anuj? So my third one would be, as we can see these days, uh, the regional success of a FinTech disruption is more common than a global one. Uh, this is primarily due to, as, as I was mentioning, the regulatory regulations are very complex, uh, especially in the finance domain after all the crisis which we have gone through, especially the Great Recession of 2008. A lot of stringent regulations came across and it does uh, slows down the growth. So you can see a bank or a financial startup performing very well in the United States, but they might not have a footprint in Europe or Asia and vice versa. So that is one piece which everybody's just trying to figure out. The trend which I'm seeing in the industry is the international expansion only happens when the market has matured locally and the product expertise has deepened enough. So we are uh, at the early stages of these cycles. So uh, down the line, uh, by the next decade or two, we would see a proper expansion of these uh, young companies who are maturing into different geographies as well. Just so I'm clear on that. So in terms of, so, so we've got a, a small tech startup in, in the UK. 
would it be the case that they would have very different regulations within that part of the world to say India, to China, to to the US? And do you think that these companies specifically choose to operate in a certain area so they have certain regulation and, and certain and others not? Absolutely. So uh, if you take the example of United States, they have state-wise regulation as well. So if a startup is registered in a single state, they might have to comply to a different uh, regulations in a different state within the United States itself, depending on which uh, product they are dealing with or, or service they are dealing mm-hmm. with. Similarly, with the EU, EU had good uh, unified regulation, uh, such as open banking, PSD2. And uh, in the UK, we have got our competitive marketing authority. But after the UK left EU, there are uh, a lot of challenges which we are seeing around the regulation side of things, where uh, a lot of these uh, issues have uh, still to be resolved. And again, then again, uh, China is a completely different ballgame. India is a very different uh, regulatory setup. So absolutely, rather than putting all their energies and efforts in figuring out these different kinds of regulations, uh, what startups tend or even the institutions tend to do is they get to do one thing right in one geography first. And if it works well, then they move to other geography. Okay, well, it sounds like a very interesting, maybe slightly complex um, set of things that a startup needs to do. Um, for me, Anish, it's been really, really informative. As I say, this is not my area. So thank you ever so much for joining us on the podcast today. Okay, and I promise to come back to the boot camp some point soon. Thank you to our listeners. You can continue to support our podcast by rating, reviewing and subscribing to our Three for Thursday podcast on Spotify and Apple. Finally, have a look at our free resources at fni.online. See you next Thursday.